Welcome to the Jellical Ball, new cat. Yes, meow do you do? Uh, oh, I'm kind of lost. I'm wondering, so does this mean I'm a Jellical cat? No. Yes. I'm a little confused now. I'm not a Jellical cat? Yes. No. Okay, maybe I need to start at the beginning. What is a Jellical cat? A Jellical cat is always small. A Jellical cat is of medium size. This is a big contradiction here, I feel. A Jellical cat is black and white. A Jellical cat has spots and stripes. So black and white spots and stripes? A Jellical cat is noble and fine. A Jellical cat is always on time. So is that related to being fine somehow? You're beginning to see. You're beginning to understand. I, I am? I don't, I don't feel like I am. Just listen on and soon you will have it. So is what you're saying that every cat is Jellical? We can tell you one thing about cats. They are not dogs. I'm so confused. <laughs> now you've got it. I really honestly do not. You are finally a jellical cat. Am I? Oh, a jellical cat is good and strong. You've been good for so long. Now it's time for you to die. Send you up into the sky. Wait, what? Here we go. No, wait, time I didn't- to be reborn! I didn't sign up for this, no! Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mokel. My pronouns are he and him, and I am here with my jellical co-host. Oh, God, I was afraid that would be it. <laughs> my name is Cassidy. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a curious cat. No, oh, what are you curious about? Everything. And it's not like the movie we watched where a curious cat just means that you're fickle. And you like to suck on toes. I like to get into places where I shouldn't be. You're like our cat Odin. Yeah. <laughs> and to always see what the humans around me are doing. I spend more time around humans than my other Jellicle cats. Oh, I'm so sorry. That, yeah. Are you related to Jason Derulo? Unfortunately not. Ah, he's also the curious cat, so you're in we're, good company. We're related by profession. <laughs> <laughs> Your Love profession that. is curious cat? Yeah. Okay. It's our role in Jellicle society. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, that's great. Hey, but who are you? Oh, me? Well, I'm Jack Olander. My pronouns are any and all. I'll take what you'll give. And Meow. I'm a human looking down at about a hundred cats dancing in the London streets at night, really just questioning if I should take some sort of violent action. What? <laughs> Why violent? 
If you were seeing what I was seeing down on those streets, what those cats are doing. They're breaking every human law. They're break. There's one of them with a, I saw them breaking every human law. I saw them and it flashed before my eyes. Humans weren't meant to see our jellical society, so we might have to do something about him. Oh, God. <laughs> so, guys, this week, we're going to be talking about Cats, the film from 2019 that Jack has mentioned once or twice on the show before. He finally broke us down. So, <laughs> all right, here's the thing. Cats are my favorite animals. So am I going to love this movie? No. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, no. Well, let's cover some of the technicals real quick before we get into it. This film was directed by Tom Hooper, director of such films as The King's Speech and other award-bait movies. <laughs> it stars Francesca Hayward, Judy Dench, Idris Elba, James Corden, and a menagerie of other cat-like performers. Somebody who used to play Gandalf. Oh, Sir Ian is in this. That's right. He's a pretty small part. Yeah. He used to play bigger parts in his backstory. The character, you mean. And the actor. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But before we get too much into this movie, I think Cass has a little summary ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's locked in my brain. I'll also have you know, listeners, we didn't take notes on this movie. <laughs> no. Jack's seen this movie like 30 times. I don't think they needed to. This is the sixth time. 6.30. It all starts to bleed it's together. It's been about 12 hours of watching Cats. No, Maybe no. 11. I wish I'd never seen it. So you've watched it more than enough, in my opinion. There we go. So we'll be relying on you for help with like all the names of all the Jellicle Cats. <laughs> Oh, we've got them. Okay. What about for the non-jellical cats? There, you know, there's only one cat we've seen that uh, that isn't jellical yet. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Okay. So this movie is about a cat that's been abandoned by oh, her God. humans, and she's thrown into the trash heap in a sack. I hate it already. Uh, and then. She's saved by other cats. Saved um, is in massive quotation marks. <laughs> uh, she's Condemned. They find her in a vulnerable state. And she's indoctrinated into their death cult. And they manipulate her into joining their cult and wishing for the death. Of one of its members. They do this mostly through songs that explain all the intricate details of one of the cat's lives. They are begging to have their life ended. So as they will be reincarnated. They believe they will be reincarnated into a new cat body and have a better life than the one they had before. So this is like a FromSoft game? Yes. Kind of. But bad? Yes. So uh, the cat that had been abandoned is named Victoria. She's our perspective character because the play that this is originally based on was interactive with the audience. So instead of having 
something interesting like that. They have uh, all of the Jellicle cats interacting with a made-up character. I really wish they had just sent Sir Ian to every theater while this movie was showing to, like, move around through the audience in a cat suit, just fucking with people in the crowd. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. You know he'd do it. Yeah. So... We can talk about some of the horrific scenes later. Do we have to? But basically, Victoria gets the Jellicle cats to accept a destitute cat who is living on the streets back into their ranks. She had been shunned before. Uh, what's her name? Grindelwald. No, that's... Grizabella. <laughs> she used to Grimmere. be... She yeah. used to be a glamour cat. Right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Some of this stuck in my head. And now she works for McCavity, the cat who has broken every human law. Oh, yeah. There's this subplot where McCavity, who's one of the, uh, not contestants, but, uh, <laughs> candidates? applicants, yes. candidates to die. He wants to die really bad. He wants to die so bad that he is trying to take out the other contestants and keep them prisoner so that he's the only one left. I feel compelled to point out, I am not necessarily a fan of our current legal system, but there are some laws that are good and just rules for a functioning society. And McCavity has broken every human law. Yeah, it's bad. He also has magic. Uh, So his... Evil schemes are thwarted, and Mr. Mistopheles is another magical cat, and he's able to save old Deuteronomy, whom McCavity had abducted. I assume that a lot of these are words. Old Deuteronomy yeah. is, like, the oldest Jellicle cat and the, like, leader of their group. She was alive during Victoria's time, maybe even 99 years ago. Don't don't evaluate that math too closely. But in cat years, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, they think so. Well, she's the one that's been reincarnated the most, so they say. But, you know, oh. she... Oh, she's like the Dalai Lama. Yeah, but she could... Yeah. Or the Avatar. The old Deuteronomy. Kind of, but a lot of this is, like, based on their belief. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, so they end up choosing... Grizabella. Grindelwald. Grimnir. <laughs> to be, quote unquote, reborn. Uh-huh. And uh, they put her in a hot air balloon. She's all happy to be killed. They are singing while she's floating away. <laughs> and then Judy Dench talks at you and looks deep into your soul and burns away all of the parts of you. All your hopes and dreams. It's like Ghost Rider's, like, penance stare. Yes. And uh, she's talking to you about what Jellicle cats are until that's all that's left in your brain. Oh, my God. And then the cat that's in the hot air balloon, whose name is, of course... Grimmere. Exactly. She floats off into a cat face in the clouds and then is gone. The end. Pretty much. Oh, but then Victoria's a Jellicle cat, and she's all happy about being included in the death cult. Yeah, maybe she'll get killed next year. Oh, she can only hope. All right, well, that was a hell of a summary. I want to get this over as soon as possible, so why don't we head into the delve?
Welcome to the Delve, where we venture deep into the themes, scenes, and lore of, mm, God, I threw up a little bit in my mouth, cats. 2019. All right, Jack. You have forced this movie upon us. I will give you the opening salvo for this film. <laughs> so let's start with Jellicle. Okay. Okay. Now, in the intro, which we is, of course, a jelly this. icicle. <laughs> Perhaps. It is a word fabricated by a child. That's right. T.S. Eliot's niece. Yes. And uh, some people came up with the idea that it would be a fun drinking game to take a shot every time they say Jellicle in the movie. Oh, my God. And everyone who ever played that game is dead. That's right. They say it hundreds of times. Maybe even hundreds of times. (laughs) Hey, I have a fun drinking game we could play. Uh, we've already watched the movie and I'll never watch it again, but we can take a shot of water every time they say it. Stay super hydrated. I think you still might die. Yeah. <laughs> Hydro poisoning. Yeah. yeah. So Jellicle was a mispronunciation by T.S. Eliot's niece of saying, dear little cat. Now I can see good little, maybe get the G-J sound mixed up, but D, dear Delical? Jellical? I don't know. Unless whoever she was talking to really couldn't enunciate their words. Yeah, that kid fucked up hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's blame T.S. Eliot's niece for this. <laughs> Not the man himself, who was, I'm pretty sure, a rampant anti-Semite. Oh, God. Well, that's all there in the creation of Cats 2019. Now, now we're that's never right. going to get away from that racist elephant. We all... <laughs> I, we need to stop bad-mouthing elephants. <laughs> we all have problematic roots, ancestral trauma, generational trauma. So Elliot wrote a book about cats, right? <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> Huge Wait, mistake. Wait, a book? Yes, this is based on a book. Okay. Then Andrew Lloyd Webber started writing the play that would become... He's webbing. (laughs) The musical play that would become Cats. And all the actors started using the Elliot book, because each chapter was like one of the characters that we know from the film now and from the play. So there's like the old Deuteronomy chapter. There's the Rum Tum Tugger which is the funniest name of all the cats. Yes. Chapter. Funny. He rum tum tugs every morning and every evening. I mean, hilarious. He beats the fuck out of his dick so goddamn hard. <laughs> um, give me another cat name. Uh, Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks, the railway cat. There's a chapter you on him. You knew who he was, Jamie. Jack has <laughs> talked about this movie incessantly for almost four years now. Mungo Jerry, Rumple Teaser, Bustafer Te- Jones. Teaser, all those rumples. Yeah, yes. Rumple Teaser and Rum Tum Tugger. Hey, speaking so Rumple Teaser cats. is just a tease. That's right. <laughs> I always think about two humans talking and one of them just jumping like, whoa, what the fuck? And turning around and there's just a cat there and it's Rumple Teaser. <laughs> and oh you're just boy. like, oh God. Oh, God, that's what that name inspires. Yeah. So when they were writing the play, the actors who originally portrayed each cat worked through improv to create these elaborate backstories and relationships and all this lore for the world. Yes. And then in 2019, Tom Hooper cursed us with this film version 
of what I believe is one of the longest running Broadway plays. You know, I did have a dream this morning that we were cursed. So I think it tracks. I think so. Now, here's the thing. They decided (laughs) that instead of practical effects like the play, they were going to use CGI. Because they're making a movie, a modern movie. And they decided that it would be okay to half-ass that because they had the highest budget actors. Like, (sighs) they got so many, like, hard-hitting title actors. Talk about wasting talent. And so the animation, they didn't even animate the tails until, like, like, less than a month before the film was released. I didn't know the film industry had crunch. Yeah, exactly. And it, so the cats look uncanny. You've yeah. all heard this by now. They look yeah. terrifying. It's bad. The animation is so terrible. People's movement of their faces don't match the head movements of the bodies. And so it looks kind of sometimes like their faces are just floating there while their body's doing something else and their head's like facing another way. <laughs> and then like their bodies don't feel like they have any weight in any of the spaces they're in uh they all seem like light as air because <laughs> that's addressed in the plot is as it well <laughs> is it in the song about what jellicle cats are they say they defy gravity and start launching their bodies between vehicles i mean sometimes they just levitate for whatever the reason whatever the fuck it's, fuck it. it's like the ending of the witch where black <laughs> philip leads thomason into the coven in the woods and they all float up laughing yeah. that was more convincing this is like that yeah i see what you're saying <laughs> yeah and uh when they're supposed to be like jumping from one platform to another during a segment, it's like when they land, it doesn't feel like they have any impact on the environment around them. And that's partly what makes this effect where it seems like they aren't actually there. Right. Yeah. And just so you know, these cats, they have. <laughs> if you would call them that. They have human hands and human oh, feet. That was fucking with me so bad. I mean, they have human faces, And they, they are humans, effectively. Effectively, I guess. And they look so naked. And, but here's the thing. The naked ones are not the most naked ones. <laughs> no, okay. that's true. The most naked ones are the ones who are wearing nothing but shoes, who are, like, wearing a coat the entire time and then take off the coat. I was going to say, McCavity wearing the coat almost works, and then when he takes the coat off, you are so aware of his nakedness that it is haunting. And here's the thing about McCavity especially. He's played by Idris Elba. We love him. Yes. We stand Idris. Just the, not in this film. A lot of the cats are, they have cat print on them. Like they have stripes. They have different like cat colored pelts, if you will. Yes. Sure. McCavity sure. has Idris Elba's skin color for his fur color, with no print, he's sleek like a panther. <laughs> and but it just makes him look like Idris Elba naked. Yeah, <laughs> which is okay. That's the only tolerable part of this film. But That's less fine. hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because in the context of this film, they had to CGI over all the good bits. Yes. Yeah, they don't even have buttholes. It is shockingly naked. <laughs> no buttholes. 
No, Kath's number one complaint about this film. No buttholes. <laughs> You're actually the entire fan base agrees with Hashtag you. release the butthole cut. Yeah. Exactly. There's no crotch, uh, which is illuminated <laughs> by Jenny Annie Dots, the Gumby cat, who uh, in the Fuck. first, in the beginning of her song. She unraveled just, my mind. She is just scratching at her crotch, full spread eagle for the camera, just being like, Look, you know what's supposed to be looking She's like. She's a real Rebel Wilson character. Yes. Uh, This is supposed to be a PG movie, right? It yes. is. Now, there's also old Deuteronomy who spread eagles during the... Uh, uh, it's awful. Well, wait, no. I, but, but Kaz, you were alluding to the part where Jenny Anydot unzips her skin, right? Yes. yes. And then has another layer of fur underneath her fursuit. That broke my mind. Yeah, she has like a Broadway glittery outfit on under her skin. And then when she peels her skin off, she's wearing it. It's awful. And she actually, it's not just artistic license for that uh, bit, for that musical number. It's actually an ability that she has. That's right. She uses it later to escape her confinement on the barge which McCavity has put her on. Oh my god. She uh, is chained down, weighed down by a chain. She's a cat. <laughs> yeah. And she unzips her fur to make like a skin tube that she can slide out of. Like a, like a snake sliding out of its skin. And she and her and the other guy. McCavity? No, Sir Ian. Gus. Oh, Gus, asparagus. Yes. Uh, they get uh, free that way. And I was just like, what is actually happening? And they are just unshackling the meat cage that binds them. Now, <laughs> since we are bringing into light that this is a PG movie. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about how sexual this film is. It is... Enti the whole thing is sexual. I, it is deeply. sexual. Everyone is naked. Everyone is dancing. <laughs> Everyone is horny. Yes. The way they move, even when they're not dancing, is incredibly sexual. That's right. They're like... It's like yeah. a seductive display. It is. But we cannot talk about the sexual nature of this film without calling into attention the Rum Tum Tugger, yes. which we've already <laughs> brought up. Uh, well, you can't talk about sex without talking about a good old tugger. Played by Jason Derulo of oh. the hit song Talk Dirty to Me. I'm That was okay. Poison, Jack. Yes. No, not this one. And no, but this is Poison. That's right. The Rum Tum Tugger likes to suck on toes. That's his defining... Well, okay, he's curious. <laughs> There's a scene where Victoria is like, she's horned up, she's goaded with the sauce. She's, oh, God. And uh, she's getting down sexual style. Mr. Mistopheles is like, oh, you're cucking me, right? <laughs> because he's attracted Jesus. to Victoria, and yeah. Victoria's attracted to Rum Tum Tugger, yeah. Jason Derulo. And... There's a scene where she does a ballerina thing where she presents, she lifts her leg face level with Rum Tum yes. Tugger and points her toes to him. He grabs her foot and guides the toes right to his mouth and then he gets distracted because he's curious and he does a pirouette away. <laughs> but you're like, okay, wait, what's going on? She seemed disappointed that he didn't suck her toes. Maybe she has a thing for that. That's right. And so they go and drink some milk. Right, they break <laughs> into this diner and drink its milk. 
And uh, that's why my friends and I, we have the give me milk, then I'd rather have feet. Give me feet, then I'd rather have some milk. Oh, my God. Because that's the song. That's what happens. <laughs> now, remind me, uh, real life cats do not have human feet, right? They do not have human feet or human foot fetishes. Okay. Except okay. they do like to smell leather shoes a lot. I mean, yeah. our cats do clean their feet a lot. But I don't know if it's a fetish thing. No, probably not. They also don't have human hands, I, I'm led to understand. That's right. And we also have to examine, if we're looking at horny cats, the scene <laughs> in The Egyptian. Okay. A location where the Jellicle Ball is taking place. Okay. And when the Jellicle Moon shines perfectly through the skylight, it shines down on all the cats who get possessed by the moonlight. Oh, God. They are on their hands and knees because they're human shaped. That's how they go on <laughs> right. all fours. And they are like, they arch their backs really sharply and all their tails stick straight up and they quiver to the song. And they're all quivering together oh, and God, they're like vibrating and compulsing. Getting, I hate everything I'm hearing. Getting ready for sex. They are. That's what a cat would do. Yeah. And it's just pretty much the the most scarring, devastating Wait, thing I've seen. It was horrifying. Does that mean that they want the moon to fuck them? Uh, yes. I mean, who doesn't? Okay. Well, it's okay. That's the dream. They're lunar. Cass, you should understand this very Wait, easily. Did you hear that? They're lunar sexuals. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I like. We're all I'm lunar just saying sexuals. werewolves. It tracks. You know, yeah. it's they're the same. Were panthers. That's right. Anyway, the cats. They're horny. They're so horny the entire time. If there's one takeaway that I've heard unanimously from every person who's watched this, it's why were the cats so horny? <laughs> That's a takeaway. Yeah. That question is a takeaway. This yes. is going to be a sexual awakening for a lot of kids. Oh, please no. A sexual sleepening. Oh, for... please no. It's going to ruin yeah. children. I was going to say. <laughs> well, you know who's my jellical choice? That's our patrons. Oh, wow. Because they... You're going to put that curse on them? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they're special because they have opted to make a donation to the show every month through our Patreon account. As much as I hate this movie, I love that. The same... It's a perfect balance. And if any of you listeners aren't already a patron and you have the means... You could head over to patreon.com slash swords and satire and join our community of patrons. We're really trying to expand the show in the new year. This is our New Year's episode, of course. And yeah. it's really our goal in 2023 to make Swords and Satire a household name. And the only way that's going to happen is if we get support from listeners like you. That's right. Plus, you get bonus material... When you become a patron. Like leather and iron and like you can craft like uh, sweet armor and stuff out of it. Not yet. Maybe that's a goal in the new year. Okay. But uh, <laughs> right now you'd get access to bonus episodes. Love that. Like our rewriting history movie pitch episodes. Presumably we'll be rewriting cats in the near future. Maybe. Uh, we also have outtakes episodes where we kind of put together a grouping of different deleted scenes and flubs. By we, Cass means Jack and I say ridiculous shit and flubs, and then Cass edits them into outtakes. Yeah, it's a group effort. Yeah. Uh, Without us fucking up, you'd have nothing to 
have as outtakes. It's true. Uh, and all patrons get the ability to vote on a movie that we will watch once a month. Clearly, this movie was not a patron vote. Not, nah, nah. <laughs> it was specially selected <laughs> by Jack. By the hand of God, or something the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> the foot of Satan. So, Better keep that away from the Rum Tum Tugger. So again, if you have the means, we'd really appreciate your support in this way. And you can head over to patreon.com slash swords and satire to become part of that community. And help us grow the show. But hey, let's get back to that old episode there. So what it means to be the Jellical choice. Ah, yes. That's a big topic. That's what the whole film is about, really. That's right. That is why all the cats have gathered here today. It is the one time a year when old Deuteronomy rears her ugly head. <laughs> and hey, she come on. Chooses the next tribute. She, you know, she shows up once a year to kill somebody. All right. <laughs> yeah. But she makes everybody happy about it. You're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it. Yes. Well,. The reason for the season, the Jellicle yes. Moon, the Jellicle Choice, is if your cat life isn't what you want it to be, fuck self-improvement. You know what's self-improving? Reincarnation. Oh my oh god. Oh boy. And so, who has the power to reincarnate you but old Deuteronomy? Whose only... name, of course, means old chapter from the Bible. Yes. <laughs> she picks one cat to have a better life, so she says. And uh, she makes all the cats compete for this privilege. Ah, yes. I'm beginning to see a taste of class struggle in this film that is probably deeply unexamined. Yeah. Yes. Because Old Deuteronomy is framed as a respectable and lovable character at the end. And yeah. so here's the thing. All of the cats pretty much who have a song introducing themselves are saying, here's my life. Kill me, please. And so Jenny Annie Dots. I deserve to die. No, I deserve to die. Yeah, Jenny Annie Dots, the Gumby cat, says, all I do is lay around all day. I want to die. Kill me. She wants to die basically because she's bored. Yeah, she's stuck in the kitchen a lot. And it's like, okay. But what about how she makes children who are also mice and cockroaches dance and then devours them? If they don't dance well enough for her liking. Yeah, she's cruel. Like, she might deserve some kind of punishment. <laughs> and so she wants to be reborn. And then her competitor is the Rum Tum Tugger, who is cursed by no never being satisfied with anything. The second he finds something good, he finds something else to chase after, right? Mm -hmm. That's hellish, isn't Sickle it? Sickle <laughs> yeah. nature. Exactly. He's aware enough to realize that the chaos has broken him, even while he revels in it. He's aware enough. He's lucid in some moments. Yeah, some moments. Uh, who are the other candidates? Other candidates? Bustopher Jones, who is a morbidly obese cat. Oh. He, he eats... seems to love eating and being fat, though. Well, he wants yeah. to be reincarnated so he can get fat all over again. He Oh, I was going to say, I, I thought maybe he'd internalized, like, cultural pressure, which is sad. He yes. was sensitive about his size. That's right. Uh, His entire character is, ha ha ha, he is fat. Look how much he weighs. I bet he eats trash out of the garbage. Let's kick him in the balls. 
Yeah, fuck this movie. Yeah. He looks fine. I mean, whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's actually his reason because somebody else. Oh, Jenny Annie Dots said that that was his reason for wanting to be reincarnated. And he was basically like, shut up. And then didn't actually say what his reason was. It's true. That was just Jenny Annie Dots being a cruel totalitarian gaslighter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that tracks with the fact that she eats sentient insects and uh, rodents. You know what? Maybe he thinks that being reborn will get him out of the Jellicle Society. He plans to not join them again. Oh, good choice. Because they're just cruel to him constantly. Is this like a Flowers for Eldranon thing where he's like, it's a curse to become Jellicle. I need to I need to be my pure animal self. I Maybe. will use the system against itself and to my benefit. <laughs> okay, so Bustopher Jones might be our like ally in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with Bustopher Jones. Me neither. I think it is so funny though. The idea that it's like, haha, he is fat, watch him eat garbage, and then we're gonna make a joke about how he's fat and weighs more than three cats in a weight. And then when he gets launched up. He falls right on his balls. And then but they don't have oh, genitals. Oh, yes. Funny. Yeah. It's just well, like... It's internal genitalia, right? Mm. It's just funny how fucked it is. It's not... It's like, my God, right? So he wants to die so he can <laughs> not, not be constantly harassed for his appearance, right? I mean, that's sad. This and is a sad movie. The yes. super powerful, amazing railway cat. Yes. Skimbleshanks. Is one of the candidates too, right? That's right. And we get no explanation for why he wants to be reborn. He seems to take pride in his work. He loves it. And love he's that. well respected by the other Jellicoe cat. Oh my God. There was a time where being a railroad employee was like a cherry job. Yeah. And yeah, he has a cushy life. He has magical reality bending abilities. Uh, I guess they all kind of do. <laughs> but uh his are more Bet my reality all his right. are more powerful and uh i just don't understand why he wants to be reborn he never says yeah he is the least naked cat in the movie <laughs> yeah he has pants he has pants <laughs> and suspenders and a hat and shoes and a mustache yeah he tap dances he his whole song is about humans love and depend on me Look how cool my job is, and I get to travel on this train. This guy's a socialist hero. He's uh, he's pretty freaking sweet. He's the best. He yeah. tap dances. And I, I uh, thought he was a great gay icon too. Yes. Was he gay? I, I, in my mind. Oh, okay. Well, I that can works. Dream. You can dream. That's fine. Head cannon. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see. Is there anyone else? Sir Gus. Oh yeah. Asparagus want uh, Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> <laughs> Does he just want to be reborn so he can live through being young again and having like glory days? Right? Yeah, that's his Probably, thing. Yeah. Okay. He he it was he's an actor, an older actor who used to play very prolific roles for cats. He was very famous and now he has diminished somewhat and taking shittier roles <laughs> amongst cat audiences. <laughs> yes. This was the most meta uh, explanation we had. Because we ha- we have Gandalf performing this. Yeah. In a piece of shit movie. <laughs> While we were watching this, I was like, no, that's Sir Ian McKellen in the background there wearing that scarf. And Jack was like, 
There laughing. are so many actors that you used to respect in this movie. Used see. to is the operative <laughs> word. Well, it's because you guys were all like, oh... I'm like, yeah, there are actors you respect and you guys were like used to respect. And then when Sir Ian McKellen was just making like surprised cat faces in the back of a shot, I was just cackling maniacally. <laughs> Listen, I know a thing or two about Sir Ian. This guy's got a sense of humor about himself. He was just collecting that sweet, sweet paycheck. Sure. I guess yeah. so. He might I was, like the I play. was absolutely horrified, though, when they were going into the Egyptian to start their ball. And he just fucking... <laughs> Fuddenly. <laughs> Fucking suddenly. Fucking suddenly. <laughs> Fuddenly. Breaks out with a meow, meow, meow. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Stop it now. You have to stop. Yeah. You shall not meow. <laughs> and then the Balra dog comes down. Yes. Bow dog. That's right. And then the last contender is McCavity. Okay. Who has a whole entourage of followers. Yeah. Every human law. That's I cannot right. stress this enough. He is a dastardly fiend. Taylor Swift sings a song about it. And uh, he he wants to be reborn. I don't know why. Probably to be born into better circumstances and then be evil again. I, it, I don't. His plot isn't his doesn't whole, make a lot of sense. Isn't his whole thing that he's like wildly powerful? Yeah. And can get away with anything? Like, I don't. Can, why? Why would can, he want to change? He can do anything. He can make himself and other people disappear into mist. He, he can basically like teleport. Uh, he can get away with any crime. He can like to use a magical drug on people Probably to make can, them join his side he can do anything except for hold on to a prisoner oh god that's just a roofie yes oh, forget geez. me now uh Aww. that is the joke from arrested development i remember uh <laughs> mccavity is probably wanting to win because it is being the Jellicle choice is something people desire. Right. And he's a narcissist. Yes. Good point. Excellent point. It's because he hasn't done it yet. Oh, and he's like, I'm the best Jellicle cat, so I deserve the reward. Yes. He's yes. he's indoctrinated himself, and he just doesn't see how deep he is. That's right. They're like, bro, we didn't even invite you here. <laughs> so he's so deeply- An archery contest. Yeah. He's so deeply entrenched into the brainwashing of this cult that he doesn't even see that he's competing to be killed. I mean, this is how hegemony works. It, like, convinces the people who are the most vulnerable that they need to keep up with other people and that there's always somebody below you to kind of put your blame on. And then people who are rewarded by the system, like in this case, McCavity, of course, being a stand-in for CEOs and billionaires and other like yeah. so-called elites in our country, who is completely blind to the reality. And he's like, well, I need to be like the funniest man on Twitter. Yes. Right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we have to analyze the choice. Do we have to analyze anything in this For movie? who will be the Jellicle choice to be reborn? Our Jellicle cats are having a Jellicle competition right They've now. They've been going crazy the entire episode, so if you've heard pitter-pattering or other destruction, it's them. They are so angry that we are talking about this movie that is an insult to their entire species. Yeah. They want the butthole cut. Um... <laughs> So let's let's break down what's really going on with this choice. Now, the choice is, of course, Grizabella, the glamour cat, Gleipnir, (laughs) Gleipnir. That's That's a combination of Grimnir and Sleipnir. That's Odin's name when he's writing Sleipnir, Grimnir and Sleipnir. Okay, let's talk about Grizabella. She is shunned for making a what the cult thinks is a bad choice where she got out of the cult. Oh, okay, okay. And she ended up get, falling on hard times, and they think Because that, she couldn't get any jobs because the Jellicles control the entire system. Yeah, and they were making sure that she lived in destitution because she shunned their Jellicle society. And so- she becomes homeless and is basically abused by human society and lives a miserable life where she doesn't have any support system or like comforts at all and you know struggles to eat and doesn't have a place to call her own all she does is cry booger in her mouth (laughs) (laughs) oh god she just gushes snot every time the only cat that shows her sympathy is Victoria. Yes. The newcomer who hasn't fully been indoctrinated yet. And she understands what it's like to be unwanted and discarded. Because she was thrown out of a car in a bag. She convinces... Grizabella. Gleipnir. To come back to the cult because Victoria says they brought her in and gave her a family and a place to belong when she had nothing else. Classic indoctrinated newcomer to a Mm -hmm. cult mentality. Yep. So she brings Grizabella, I remember the name this time. Oh, damn. I was going to say Grendel this time. Back into the cult. She has her sing of her woes. Old Deuteronomy takes pity on her, quote unquote, and accepts her back in fine we'll kill you you're gonna die today so let's think about this the reward for somebody getting support from like being on the streets and being homeless is to be killed yep so the way to solve homelessness oh no destitution is just to do something about it oh no and if you've lived through trauma in your life you know they say you don't need community or therapy wait who says this better. the cats the jellicle cats say okay this. you need to be shot into space and die It'll fix all of your problems yeah they're all so convinced by old Deuteronomy the cult leader that they will be reborn, that they're all competing for a way to die, and they're celebrating her killing off members that she feels are a threat to her, 
or who might be a threat to her power. So you're saying Old Deuteronomy maintains her power by creating this cult around her. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, I have died and been reborn so many times. Yet I'm so old. I am the oldest cat here, like biologically speaking. Yeah. So nobody can confirm or deny that she's been reincarnated because nobody's as old as she is. She created this whole Jellicle society. Yeah. And then she uses like this kind of twofold story of we'll shun you to death. But if we do that, then you don't get to be reborn or we can accept you. And once in a while, we'll just like, you know the tallest blade of grass gets cut first. Yeah, well, so by bringing Grizabella back into the fold and then killing her, she maintains her cult members' belief in the whole system. And shows them that there's a path to redemption. Right. Even if you've been shunned, there's a way back. So that it always comes back to the cult. And I think Victoria... She's impressionable. We've already said. Traumatized. She's been abandoned and then immediately, immediately taken up from her lowest state by this community. She basically love bomb her. Yeah, she was vulnerable and open to this suggestion and like feeling, yeah, like she wanted to belong. She felt this deep need to belong and be loved. And so we can see how exceptionally impressionable she is because she doesn't just start trying to fit in with the Jellicle cats. There's also the scene where she meets Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, the <laughs> twins, who their whole thing is breaking into rich people's homes, wrecking everything, based. and stealing stuff. Double based. Which is funny. Yeah. And Victoria I am here for it. Victoria fucking loves it. It's probably the most fun she has in the movie. Well, also they're including her and like showering her with pretty things. But they're also yeah. like representative of what life is like outside of the cult. With McCavity. They yeah. work for McCavity. So McCavity's a bit of a narcissist, but at the same time, it almost seems like he has a group of people around him who overall are more stable. Well, he is a gang leader in his own right, That's but fair. he's still part of the cult. True. He's like a splinter cell. Yeah. That's right. He's the uh, Protestant faction <laughs> versus the uh, <laughs> the Catholic Jellicles. The Jellicle reasons why. The- Nailed to the front of the of the Egyptian. When those twins think that they're going to get caught, they abandon Victoria. And then that's when Mr. Mistopheles finds her. And he and the other leader, unofficial leader, Kat, I've already forgotten his name. His name is, of course, Munkastrap. When Mr. Mistopheles brings Victoria back to the group, Munkastrap is like, where have you been? He's he right. doesn't want a new recruit to get away before they've fully been able to indoctrinate oh her. Oh my god, you're so right. Yeah. Well, to be fair, all right. <laughs> if one of your if one of your cohorts left and there was any chance they could have been hanging out with a person who has broken every <laughs> law, 
You would want to know. That's fair. So what I'm really getting from this is that as far as the power structure goes, there's no good people in this movie. There's no good cats. (laughs) You know, what I really get out of this is that without a way to find your own path, your own empowerment, there's no way to escape the shackles of like corporatism and capitalism. You've got to find ways that are, you know, outside of the pre-existing power structures because those will always find a way to self-replicate. Victoria could have found a way to unite the cats and to have created a power structure that would have been equally distributed amongst them, and that would have been positive, but instead she ends up falling into this trap where she will just be part of this never-ending cycle. Yeah, that's true. And it, you know, by making stories like this, it creates this illusion where the people in power are just inevitably going to be in power. So why ever resist them? And you know what the people in power of this film did? Haunted us? They reduced the size of Jason Derulo's penis and balls for this movie. Is that the biggest crime that was committed? And they increased the breast size of Taylor Swift for this movie. When oh, gee, most, more hegemony. Yeah, most of the other female cats didn't have a chest or not much of one. That's right. Yeah, because well, cats they... don't have boobs. No, and they none of them had nipples. <laughs> so one has to wonder why they made a cat's like boobs that shouldn't be there even bigger. Yeah. <laughs> one has to wonder. I do wonder. Not to mention, she's one of the cats who is wearing high heels, as Cass pointed oh, out. Oh, that... Only making her more naked. That was so <laughs> disturbing. Not only do they have human feet and some other cats were wearing sneakers, that was bad enough. I just felt that the high heels were even more despicable. <laughs> See, Skimble Shanks knows how to dress, because he has tap-dancing shoes which is a dancing implement and a musical instrument. (laughs) And he uses them in such a way to mimic the sounds of a train because he is the railway cat. Yes. Fair enough. Through this ritual casted spell, he creates a demi-plane which mimics the train he works on to show it off to his friends. Now, I read that in the stage production, they build a train on stage out of, like, junk parts. And they did not do that in this movie. I'm like, you guys missed an awesome opportunity to like show them building a train, which would have been cool. That would have been awesome. Just cats creating a steam engine out of garbage. It's like, wait, what the hell just happened? Well, probably, I don't know if trains use steam engines. I I mean, this time, right? This is like the late 1800s this takes place. Diesel hydraulic. Sorry, did I say D's? These hydraulic trains. Well, guys, I think that if I continue to talk about this movie, I might go very rapidly insane. So we should probably move into the smithy. Welcome to the smithy, where we each forge a rating for this movie after we share an epic moment or feature from the film. Cass, do you want to tell us your epic moment or feature and then give us a rating from 1 to 10 claws? Oh boy, this is difficult. 
you know, I guess my epic moment will be when I realized Victoria wasn't chosen to die. And so it's like a personal thing for me. Okay. Yes. And this I realized that. This was a very personal film. <laughs> her flirtation with Mr. Mephistopheles, the magical cat, could blossom into love someday. And they would have oh. more time together. And like, mostly my epic moment is like headcanon. That's fair. Uh, because they they were all like hugging each other as cats would by like rubbing against each other's faces uh, after she was saved from death. And um, I was just happy that they would get to have more time together. I was so tense the whole time. And I was like, why even are they bothering with this infatuation? Why do they not give up now? Because she's going to die. I mean, aren't these cats polyamorous, though? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it seems like they're into each other anyway. And uh, so I was happy for them. You know what? Maybe someday... Uh, if they do ever fall in love, they'll figure out a way out of the cult. Oh, and they can okay. run away together. They'll have to move very far away, but he has learned how to teleport cats. So maybe he can teleport them to a far off land. Maybe. Yeah. Where they can live happily ever after. Uh, after they've escaped from the cult. Or maybe they'll come up with, like, cat therapy and welfare services so that cats stop trying to kill themselves. Well, we've oh. got our rewriting history th seed. Yeah, they're, they're the therapists that help the cats that are trying to get out of the cult and helping them uh, get back into regular cats' life in society. That sounds nice. So, yeah. I'm gonna give this movie... One out of ten claws, uh, because I can't go more than it deserves, but okay, I can't go <laughs> lower than that because that is our rating system. Well, the Polar <laughs> Express, I can't recreate that moment. There you go, but so yeah, it's so awful in every way. Ruined the careers of all of these amazing actors and artists. It tainted everyone's career. In my mind, at least. I can't look at these people the same way ever again. Damn. Um, and it was executed so poorly, too. And why recreate such a terrible story that just is kind of sending up like a cult mentality in life is like, Something to be desired. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I. <laughs> Gonna get some angry letters after that one. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. What would you have rated it if there were buttholes in the movie? Eleven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a two, because there still would be no nipples. Nice. <laughs> and cats have a lot of nipples. Yeah, they do. At least eight. At least eight. Uh. So that's it. <laughs> One out of ten claws. All right, that's that's fair, I guess. Generous, even. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jack? This is your sixth watch of the movie. What's your epic moment <laughs> or feature? God. And then your rating from one to ten claws. If you don't know by now, 
<laughs> my epic moment is Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. Okay. okay. He's got a cute little outfit. <laughs> it's true. He can dance and create pocket dimensions. You even made an ornament out of him. I made an ornament, which we will show on our Patreon. Yes. He can dance. He's got a good job. Everyone loves him. He's got a little train conductor hat. Yeah. Socialist icon. His song, Shanks. his song is pretty catchy. And at the end of his song, he's like spinning, like he's spinning really fast. And then he just starts spinning up into the air yeah. and then he just disintegrates. <laughs> at first I was confused. I was like, oh, did he become reborn? What in fuck just <laughs> happened? He just, this man danced to death. <laughs> He was just kidnapped by McCavity. Okay. And later he uses his tap dancing and just legs that go all the way up to kick. Where else would they go? Yeah, I don't know. Sideways, you hope not. Like a cowboy. (laughs) 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 Anyway, Skimbleshanks, he's got the mustache. He's just, he's probably the best. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of uh, contenders in that category. Who so. gives a fuck about these cats? <laughs> okay, the reason that question comes up is because we're going to analyze the lyrics real quick. The Skimbleshanks. <laughs> oh, no. What have we done? Okay. Uh, all the guards and all the porters and the, sto- and the station master's daughters would be searching high and low, saying, Skimble, where's Skimble? For unless he's very nimble, the nightmare just can't go. So all those people are horny for him. We're saying, okay, wait, no, that's, yeah, you're right. That is true. That's not the line that actually bothered me. It was, it was all the passengers all frantic to a man. It's what, um. So everybody's frantic. Yes, that's what Musk Graves or whatever his name is says. But then Skimbleshanks enters in. He says, that's when I would appear and saunter to the rear. I'd been. I bet he would. I'd been busy in the luggage van. Okay. Okay. Now one has to wonder. The train is late to leave. Okay. Oh. Everyone is waiting for Skimbleshanks. Because I, I thought w- the train was a metaphor for sex. I was just feeling validated that he was gay. <laughs> Basic. Okay. We can say yes. Sure. That is evidence enough. Okay. But so the train is already late to depart. Skimbleshanks shows up. He's like, okay, I'm here. The train can leave now. I was busy in the luggage van. Making out with another cat. And that's when I realize he's just a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Who gives a fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Anyway, I love Skimble Shanks. (laughs) Okay, how about your rating? It's probably I'm, gonna be, I'm so uh, afraid that you're going to give this movie 10 out of 10. So it's probably a 10 out of 10. <laughs> no, pause. come on. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I can't rate this objectively. Okay. No, I lost no. my goddamn... Okay, oh wait, the listeners don't even know my interaction with this film. That's true, you better tell the extended version. Before the pandemic. Yeah. It was the year of 2019, the year of our cats... <laughs> It was late in the year. My friends, it was late. It was like 10, 9 or 10 p.m. My friends are like, let's go see a movie. I'm like, all right, I'll let you pick. They're like, Cats 2019. Bad choice. These two friends have already seen this film. Jack, I would have immediately found a new group of friends. Yes. 
So we went into a small theater, which was packed. It had already been out several weeks. Oh, and God. the first 30 minutes of this film, if you're curious about why, if you're a curious cat yeah, about watching this, the first 30 minutes of this film were the most torturous Cenobite shit minutes. <laughs> I was writhing in my seat in agony. It was horrible. The song about Jellicle cats have three names was like serrated knives over my frontal lobe. Yeah. And then uh, Jenny Annie Dots, the Gumby Cat song, was just like being punched in the balls over and over again. <laughs> and it was when the Curious Cat came on, my my mind broke and you're, I started to enjoy myself. You're right. This movie is a form of torture. Yes, it, it was. But here's the thing. When the Curious Cat came on, my mind broke and I started to like it. <laughs> Every time I've seen this movie, I enjoy it more and more. Oh, God. Now I actively look forward to the next time I watch this film. And it won't be with us. No, it won't. You have sunk down into the deep end, haven't you? It's madness. I thought you were going to say this is the sunk cost fallacy. Sweet <laughs> sensation. And uh, if you like to watch, like, The Room... Because it's shitty and ridiculous. <laughs> if you like to watch, like, I haven't seen Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I feel like people like it because it's campy and stuff. Yeah. Well, that movie's fun and Tim Curry's in it. You know, I want to see it because from, like, the few minutes I've seen, it looks great. Yeah. But this is one of those movies where you can lose your mind and have a good time. So I can't give this movie a fair rating. I gotta tell you, this is a defining movie in my life so far. Oh so for God. that, it's a 10 out of 10. The same way, you know, like seeing something horrible that can't be unseen <laughs> is a defining moment. It's like losing a loved one. Holy shit. Cats 2019, I rate it a lost loved one out of 10. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. So are you giving it 10? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. 10 human fingers and toes <laughs> on a cat body. Oh, Only God. 10? Something happened. Well, this is becoming torture now. So, Jamie, <laughs> what's your epic moment or feature... And you're rating from one to ten claws that are on human feet and hands. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, tell us, Jamie. Well, fuck you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> My epic moment, I think it's about an hour into the movie, hour and, and 20 minutes. Um, McCavity has abducted Victoria. Who, who did he abduct? No, 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 no. no. Uh, Mephisto and... No. <laughs> he abducts Jenny Annie Dots. Thank you. Asparagus. Yes. Skimble Shanks. Okay. And Bustopher Jones. Perfect. So James Corden. So right around that scene, I was really tired and I fell asleep for five glorious minutes. <laughs> and I missed... Like, just a big old chunk of the movie, and it was fantastic. Oh, it was the only heaven, the only good feeling I had this entire time, and then you motherfuckers woke me up. So it didn't follow you into your sleep? It did not. Also, no, I just had peace. It was just blissful nothingness. Also, heaven is not canon in the Cats universe. The heavy side layer is canon. This is yes. true. So when you were sleeping... You were not in heaven. No, I was. 
What? Because I'm not a cat. The oh, fuck thank God. does heavy side layer mean? Why is that the afterlife? It's I'm the gonna... room where they shoot you in the back of the Egyptian. <laughs> oh my God! In reality, it's where the cats tear the the choice apart. Yes, <laughs> I'm assuming that it's another thing that T.S. Eliot's niece said. Why is it a layer if it's a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> you never heard of a good layer before? Layered cakes. There you go. All right. Well, what's your rating, Jamie? All right. So I'm going to have to disagree with Cass here. You know how on a lot of those reviews you read online, people are like, I would give this zero stars if I could. Well, here's the thing. I'm the fucking dungeon manager and I can, and I am giving this movie zero fucking claws. This is, I am offended by this film. Your rating has been declawed. Damn it, that's pretty good. This movie hurt me in so many ways. I absolutely <laughs> fucking despise it. I guess we need one the, of these every year. The fact that you guys gave Monster Hunter, uh, you know, half the score I did, I, I just, I can't even with this movie. Um, <laughs> I, it is this huge... So you're rating this movie your loss of sanity out of 10. Yes, Here's the thing, like, I understand that when people in power, like, get themselves dug in too deep, like, sometimes they, like, can't find a way to pull themselves out, right? Like, for some reason, they wanted to take a stage production and turn it into a movie. The whole point of Cats, the stage production, is that there's a level of audience interaction and, like, there's kind of this movement and then you see the cats in you know the the actors in cat suits and you're not supposed to like overly analyze the physics of it but then they take this movie and they're like oh well we need to like try to make these look like cat people yeah and just fail in every conceivable way it's just supposed to be fun costumes exactly and if they had just done that but you can't do that for a film unless it's people trying to put on the play cats. You know what? A meta thing? Yeah. I would have been here for it. Mm-hmm. But Tom Hooper, the fucking coward. <laughs> I don't know anything about Tom Hooper. Satire's in the name. <laughs> I don't want to besmirch the poor man. And you guys know, I've said this before, I do not revel in bad-mouthing movies. People put a lot of effort in the films, and I don't want to be the one to say terrible things about them. This movie sucks so fucking hard. It does. Every element of it is bad. It's really horrible to watch. it's true. The story, like Cass says, is offensive. Yeah. The (laughs) visuals are ill-conceived. There's no consistency in anything because the cat sizes change drastically from second to second, from set to set. Are they the size of humans? Are they the size of roughly cats? Are they the size of fucking insects? Mice, yeah. Yeah, there's no through line about the size. There's no sense of scale to anything. And again, like, with a stage production, you are stuck with, like, somewhat static sets unless you can, like, do quick changes and stuff or be creative. There was no need to even be fucking creative because it's just all on a fucking green screen that fucking Skimbleshanks just teleports them from inside to outside with no fucking logic. And it's not fun to see because there's no like, oh, well, how did they do that? 
Because it's just done with fucking CGI. I think. And it looks like shit. A better movie. We have to do this for rewriting history. Would be the director um, is putting on a stage play. I love this. And the director is slowly losing their mind. Oh, I love this. See, this is like adaptation style. Yeah, yeah. That would have been fun. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, that's our seed and we'll make something out of that. So if you're interested, you should become a patron to listen to it. Good plan. We can make this movie better. We gave the (laughs) We could not make it worse. No. We gave the film as it is an average of 3.6 out of 10. Is that how it works? Yes. Between 0, 1, and 10, it averages to 3.6. It's way too high. And I'll tell you what. The, we we talked about looking up the budget of this movie on the podcast. That's right. Thank you for remembering. Any guesses? Um, a hundred million. Uh, two dollars. <laughs> Cass, what's your guess? Fifty million. It's ninety-five million. All right, it's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. You could do a lot of good with that money. It's true. <laughs> a lot of bad, obviously. Yeah. The thing is, I think making Cats 2019 was an immoral action. I agree. Yeah. Same with the Emoji movie. If you have an idea like this and you put that much money into it, I don't want to say fuck you, <laughs> but please don't. But no, that was, sorry, that was kind of my point. I, I don't think I got to about like the sunk cost fallacy. They're like, they should have been filming this movie on day one and gone like, you know what? I know. Let's just scrap it. Like, we clearly cannot make this work. And then, this year, the head of Warner Brothers, I believe, takes Batgirl, a movie I actually wanted to see, and just is like, oh, the movie's done, we're not going to release it. Fuck you. It's a tax write-off. It's completely done. Ready to be released. Well, it wasn't ready to be released. I thought it was. The visuals weren't finished yet. But, like, it was shot with fucking Michael Keaton returning as Batman, and they just canceled that. Dude. And they didn't fucking do that with cats. Fuck the film industry. Yeah. I mean, we kind of need them for our show, but. But like, there is so many better ways to do this. This movie didn't provide anything. No one asked for this. No. I have to imagine that fans of the musical were like, why would I ever go see the film? It's just there's. This movie ruined lives. There's no. It It ruined mine. The thing about this is. There is no humanity in their production. This is capitalism. This yes. is just like a paycheck for the people involved and All not face. for not for the people who could really use that money. No. I think that's the whole film industry. And I want you to know this movie Damn. would have been far more respectable and even better. Had they not touched this with CGI and it was all on green screens with green suits. <laughs> Just the whole movie. It would have been far better. I don't disagree. It might have been lauded as a brave interpretation of the text. And then you could have had fans do their own CGI on oh, the movie. Man. Oh, man. Like make your own movie. Yeah. And they, that's how they would keep it interactive. With the audience. That's exact- brilliant. See how much better, and we just saved them $40 million. <laughs> Seriously. Incredible. Anyway, 
I like it because it's really bad, but also if they ever make something like this again, I won't be nice to them at Christmas. Thank God. <laughs> well, next week you can join us for a better movie. Uh, and you could not possibly join us for a worse movie. But how much better is up for interpretation? We're going to be watching the first Hobbit. A Unexpected Journey. A film that uh, they broke New Zealand labor laws and made all the people working on it independent contractors and ruined lives to make. So we're continuing our theme for 2023 of films that ruined lives. Uh, that is, is it all 2023 or just January? I don't know. We'll see how far we can take it. He who has chosen money over humanity is the theme of January. I oh, think man. that's just all of the film industry. Why? This is our birthday month. We should have watched fun things. I mean, The Hobbit <laughs> is a fun movie. I like. I think watching Cats 2019 is fun. Capitalism <laughs> isn't fun. There are some parts of the movie Fair. that make me want to puke, but we can talk about that next week. All right. Well, that works for me. If you want something else that might make you puke, you can always head to social media at Swords and Satire on Facebook, Instagram, and the smoldering husk of Twitter and check out the memes that I post every week. Although I might uh, delete Twitter because, ooh, it's just a sinkhole. Stinky. It's yeah. a stinkhole, if you ask me. Yeah, ooh. Eventually, we'll just move over to TikTok. Oh, God. Good and that Lord. will be the only one we do, and it'll just be us being our goofy selves, and that will be more fun. Just oh, Jack fun. flossing. That's just every video. <laughs> it's, okay, if I release a video of me flossing, the gag is going to be something cuts my head off. <laughs> a string of floss. There it is. How about that? I I don't know. This movie destroyed my How mind. How about Dem Apples? We're not watching Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> and we already mentioned our Patreon, where there's a lot of other great stuff we put out there, like art, movie polls, bonus episodes, some of our more creative projects that I think y'all would really enjoy. But you know, when, when there are greedy directors out there taking all our money. I don't want to be smirched Tom Hooper. Jack's like, fuck him. <laughs> fuck him, man. Yeah, not as like a person, but as what he's done. As a professional. Yeah, as a professional. It's not it's just business. It's not personal. <laughs> uh you know, there another way you could support us aside from money is telling people about the show. Because community exists without a disgusting lust for income. We can only hope. And art brings community closer together. That's true. So if you like our art, share it with the people you like, and it will help you bond. Oh, that sounds like a holiday miracle. Yeah. A New Year's miracle. <laughs> it really does. Well, until next time, Hail, Hail Crom! Crom!